0: Here with Dawn Lyerly. Her background is in human resources and in the PEO industry. She has over 20 years HR experience, starting with her bachelor's degree in HR from Ball State, Churchill, church, and her MBA from Indiana Wesleyan. She started working in the PEO industry in 2003 and stayed in touch or stayed you know stayed with it through a variety of roles with increasing operational responsibility. By 2012, she was the co-director at a PEO, overseeing all. Functions and over 20 direct and indirect reports. After a brief stint at a large corporate law firm, she was called to serve at Developer Town, who had been one of the, her favorite clients from her former PEO days. Her second week on the job at Developer Town, partner Mike Lauren asked her, So when are we going to start our own PEO here? After taking the time to lay the groundwork, Full Stack officially launched in 2000, January 2018. So Fullstack provides the services needed to support your team, payroll, benefits, HR, and compliance. If you need us, they will get it and they do more. They also help with more strategic offerings like employee onboarding, health and wellness, and professional development. They support companies as small as one person and much larger. Their sweet spot has been early stage companies just getting started. And their core suite of services includes payroll and compliance, health, dental, vision, and supplemental benefits, 401k, and administrative and operational HR support. Hey, Don, Thanks for being on the show.
1: Hey, Sean. Thanks for having me on here today. I'm super excited to talk
0: about PEOs
1: and just full stack, our new venture in particular.
0: I think the first question I have to ask is, what does PEO stand for? I think a lot of people were probably like, what is that?
1: It stands for Professional Employer Organization. So essentially, it's a fancy way acronym that we have for HR outsourcing.
0: Okay, so that's, that's very interesting. And also your background, too, when we, were, when we were talking about full stack is how it got started. Well, it started with one question Mike my core. And can you kind of go a little bit more detail of how that started and why that started, like for more of the nuts and bolts?
1: Sure, absolutely. Um, in a nutshell, I was kind of surprised the second week to be at a new opportunity. Uh, people I'd had the opportunity to work with for over five years at that point and to have him kind of tongue-in-cheek say, so when are we going to start our own PEO? I was like, whoa, 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 give me a minute. Um, part of when I came on board there, there were a few things that we obviously needed to kind of straighten out ourselves as a company at Developer Town and just kind of get our house, our own HR house in order. So took our time doing that. But the short story of what was happening is one of the developer town companies within the whole family of companies. There's actually you know multiple companies within the family. Um, DT starts was Michael Cloran's newest venture, and they would help companies start up. And as they were helping these companies start up, what would end up happening is they would graduate from the program, they'd have a CTO, they'd have a developer, and sometimes these people had families and they needed benefits. So they started saying, well, why can't Dawn just handle our benefits? Well, why can't Dawn just handle our payroll? We don't want to mess with it ourselves. We don't want to try to have to find a group plan. We don't want to have to register with the state and pay unemployment filings and mess with QuickBooks and all the burdensome things that go along with starting up. So they asked us to help with that, and we made the decision to pivot and start full stack. And by the time we set everything up and got everything in order, our first official payrolls were in January 2018.
0: Wow, that's impressive! And just from a question of, can you help us? Why are not we doing this instead of saying, "No"? And then you made a new company out of it. Yes. Which is amazing. So, you know, working with the Town and their background, you know, making startups and, and helping build companies and scaling with so a little bit of background is development, design, marketing. Mm-hmm. You know, talking about just your full staff itself, how do you market PEO programs? I feel like a lot of people don't know about how to work HR and that kind of stuff. Can you get a little bit more insight on how that's done?
1: Well, PEOs themselves do it in a variety of different ways. Um, a lot of them decide to pick kind of a cost-saving mechanism whether it's we can save you cost, you know, on your workers' compensation, or we can save you money on your health insurance benefits, I don't prefer to go about it that way. Um, there's others that have used the scare tactics of, oh my goodness, there's so many HR issues that you don't even know about. You can get yourselves legal hot water. Again. I'd prefer not to have companies come on board because of the 150, you know, employment laws that are out there that can be ahas or gotchas at a certain point. Really for me, it's a matter of the basic business concept of outsource everything you can. that's not a core function to allow you to focus on your true business. And at the end of the day, whether it's the family developer town Anybody that you speak with now that has that essential business background, the most millennials nowadays who are starting businesses on their own, that's a core piece that's taught in a lot of local universities and business programs is outsource everything you can that's not your core function. So then you can focus on growing your business and you're not having to mess with figuring out QuickBooks, doing tax filings, writing paychecks for your employees, um, Someone needing a new insurance card, how do they go about getting that? Just that day-in-day stuff day that we do because we like to do that. That's our function. Most people say, oh, I can't even imagine trying to process a payroll. And in my mind, there's things that other businesses do every day. I can't imagine coding. You know, there's, just, there's so many things that people do that you get into your own wheelhouse and you find what you're comfortable with. Well, let the person who's the professional that focus on that and free you up to do what you do best.
0: I like that, and I think uh, a little tagline you just made me think of is you're handling the day-in, day-out tasks so people don't lose out opportunities that took them to, like, I don't know how to, you I don't know how to do this. It's like going to the a doctor. Like, I know what I need. Like, I know how I feel, I it, but I need that extra help of knowing exactly what I need and moving forward and, like, a plan so you can outsource it. I really like, really like that approach because a lot of companies try to do sourcing a lot of their um, expertise. Um, so going more towards, you know, still PEO programs and how to market, can you tell me, like, tell the audience more about um, PEO programs who you, you talked about in the beginning here that it serves one person to, like, very large, you know, what, what are the kind of the audiences that you see that are most gravitated towards PEO, pro- PEO programs that help them out
1: well, for Full Stack's focus, it's really on emerging companies. And then we obviously have a natural alignment with tech based on our background and our kind of, you know, where our core heart has been. Um, it's really going to be any of those organizations that wants to scale or wants to have the opportunity to scale because we bring in that essential HR platform and say, here it is. Sitting out here for you, use what you need when you need, and we're here to support you. But otherwise, we're not going to be poking you on the shoulder every 10 minutes and getting in the middle of your day. So essentially, it's that emerging company. Um, I've got three companies that have started in the last week, and each one of them happens to just be one employee. One of them intends to be at six employees by the end of this year, and another one's planning to still be just one employee at the end of the year. It's just a matter of how fast the company wants to scale, where they want to grow what their mission involves, we have a client that's 50 employees. So it truly just depends anywhere in there, and we can provide those services at 50 employees and beyond. I feel that 50 employees is kind of that threshold where you've got to meet obligations with the Family Medical Leave Act. You could be an applicable large employer as far as accounting for the Affordable Care Act. So 50 is when companies tend to look at the pricing and say, well, it may make sense to hire my own in-house professional at this point. Or... You might think that you can spend your money on hiring somebody that's going to be a strategic HR professional, and you could keep using the PEO for the administrative and the operational functions that we perform. So it's really up to each business and how they project
0: in their growth modeling. Interesting. So you, you're you talking about having kind of one employee to 50 employees mm-hmm. now, and it's the range for emerging companies and agnostics. Where do you think uh, your niche is going in the next few years, especially?
1: Well, at this point, we intend to just stay in companies focused in Indiana primarily. Um, At this exact point in time, we have a presence in four states. But the reason why we are in those other states is because it's a company based in Indiana that has a remote employee working in another state. So you obviously have obligations and requirements there. Uh, I think we're going to focus on Indiana at this point, perhaps expand out to the Midwest because we have some good contacts regionally, that would be good to talk with. I think, ideally, we would be the preferred PEO provider for tech startups in Indiana. I think that'd be a great spot for us to have. We'd love to work with a lot of the companies and are networking ourselves as much as we can right now to be able to get that niche.
0: I like that, that you're, you're starting from the ground up. You're, you're building with the company. I think that's a very important thing that a lot of people forget is like, hey, this is my target audience. and They market, they market, they market, the market rather. Than with your experience at PDOs and saying, hey, what are the ones that are not, not served yet or underserved, how can we help them? So moving from the questions now, the drilling section, um, can you tell me a story of something that is is not online, that's not on full stack and not online in general, of a story that how you helped uh, a startup or emerging company?
1: Okay, certainly, um, earlier this year, there was a situation with a startup company that we talked to a few different times, had connections with them in the community, connections professionally and personally. And after a lot of conversations with them, they just decided to go ahead and do it in house. They'd been processing through QuickBooks online for their payroll. You know, we're going to save a few pennies by not going ahead and making the jump to working with Stack. We're just going to keep everything in house. We totally understand and respect that, you know, we're a startup ourselves, watching every penny everywhere we can. However, within two months, they called us back and said, okay, we're over it. We're done handling this on our own. Can you please just take it for us? At that point, they had, I believe, six employees. They'd grown quickly to eight employees. We don't have time to deal with this. We don't want to mess with this. And part of it also was based around their withholding and how they were paying their withholding taxes to the state and their timing of payment of taxes And apparently they had gotten themselves into a little bit of hot water because they had changed their own frequency with how they were paying the taxes. And I'm not quite sure to this day whether they had the agreement of the government to do that in a different way because they keep getting letters every month saying you didn't pay this timely, you didn't pay that timely. So now they're with us and we've handled everything for them since January with no issue, but they're still dealing To this day, with administrative hassles from the Indiana Department of Revenue, with the fact of how they decided to remit their withholding taxes when they were on their own. And that's just an example that if they'd gone with us from the get go, they wouldn't have had those issues.
0: Well, you're helping them and and for the future. Yes. But then you communicated, but then they found their pain point. Yes. Definitely getting
1: letters and stuff. Which, again, is unfortunate because as a Small business owner trying to help small business owners, who don't want people to have that pain point, you don't want them to have that experience. But once they do, it makes sense now
0: why they would outsource it and not have the
1: hassle themselves, exactly. I don't
0: care about running until they stop their bill, right? Fair until enough, that injury. so yep. definitely. Yep. And then they would need a PEO program to help them
1: out, yep. And, and we're there, and that's what we're there for.
0: So, this part of this section of the episode is to get to know. No. So okay. the, first, the first question I always ask is, you know, okay, you, you work at full standard. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one thing is, why do you like it? Why, what drives you? The other question from that, too, is what do you do health-wise? Mm-hmm. Um, actually, that's my last question. But the middle one in between there <laughs> is what do you do creatively? So what do you do for work that gives you passion? What do you do creatively that brings back the work? And then the last one is what do you do health-wise? brings it back more because people want to know how people operate mm-hmm. in order to become better people and not just better professionals.
1: Right, right. Well, first, as far as professionally, I am one of the few people that I know that is actually a practitioner in the field in which I got my education. You know, there's more and more people who will get a degree to get a degree and then decide what they want to be when they grow up. I took a very long time at Ball State, and this will be my little chirp chirp plug I took a very long time at Ball State to figure out what I wanted to do. Um, as a young adult, I loved math. I actually didn't like science. And where could you go with that? So I thought at first, well, I want to do t So go to Ball State, take a T-com class, realize, nope, that's not for me. Headed over to the teacher's college. Again, Ball State, what they're known for. Thought I could probably teach math. And then I could stay away from science. The first course, it was a non-towards credit course. They expected you to go and, what's um, the what word I'm looking for? Basically, shadow kids and help coach them for two hours a week on math. And I'm going, I can't tutor children. I don't know how to teach yet. I'm going to mess up a sixth grader's life. So I thought, well, where can I go with wanting to do math now but not science? And I ended up in the business school. I actually did not declare my major until the second semester of my junior year. I had all of my counselors and everybody counting me to decide, but I decided that I wanted to wait because when I picked, I wanted it to be the right one. So I ended up going HR because obviously I'm an extrovert and love talking with people. And then I just looked into that. The nice part now as I've grown and matured in my career is I've gone from that 22 year old person who would go in and advise regarding an employee relations situation and have people looking at me going, What is this kid doing advising me on this issue? Unfortunately or fortunately, I don't get those questions anymore um, based on age. However, I'm now living the startup side of it myself, so I have a better understanding and a better grasp of. Looking at pro formas, doing monthly financials, trying to see your cash flow and your cash positioning, and being a part of a startup that's helping startups just has a particular passion to it that I didn't expect to find. I guess you can say I'm mid-career now, so finding something like this has been wonderful. Um, Okay, let's see here. Second, you said creativeness. Yes. Okay, so, I am a former band geek, or band nerd, depending on your preference. Uh, I did, I played trumpet in middle school, and then in high school, I decided to do color guard and winter guard, which is the flags and the rifles and the sabers with the marching band, and
0: then there's they were no, you didn't say, I own. I said guns one time. I got, <laughs> I got, I got so bad, when I didn't rifles,
1: so... Yes, yes, I'm just correct. I would have corrected you gently had you said guns. So... Essentially, I, when I was working in HR, just HR, it wasn't meeting that passion all the time. And so I started helping out at local high schools and local high school programs and volunteering. And I actually did that until 2010. And the reason why I stopped in 2010 was my oldest daughter joined our lives, followed very quickly by my youngest daughter. So essentially, what I do creatively with myself is I love to watch marching Man, love to watch Color Guard and Winter Guard, at this point take my daughters where I can, and I have two very creative, uh, awesome daughters who love to do arts and crafts and color and use their imagination for everything. So it's been really through my daughters to have my true creative outlet, whether it's making crafts for Halloween or Valentine's Day hearts with decorations or Little chain mail type of letters, whatever it may be. I really, at this point, it, I take them to guard contests. We watch marching band together, and just trying to through their eyes, just live vicariously through them, the creatively
0: through them. It's so great. That's awesome. Health wise,
1: health wise <laughs> is where I probably fall down a little bit. Just to just to be honest about it, um, I. There's a few things I'm doing right now. One is I try to walk quite a bit every day. Um, I have a little bit of limitation with my knees that I can't run. So I walk as much as possible. I think I've walked probably about four miles today. I do keep it up on my phone and I look at that just to try to make sure that the majority of the days I'm walking a good amount of time. I do yoga at least once a week. I've been doing yoga for over 20 years now. And then I've also gotten into pure bar classes. Um, that's like ballet basics. That, that was my other creative background, was I took five years of ballet and jazz, and I took nine years of tap when I was a child,
0: as far as dance classes. where you go on knees, that's
1: what happens. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that, genetics. So those are really the things that I try to do. I also try to drink quite a bit of water. I've been off the water bandwagon this week, but I usually try to drink about 72 ounces of water a day. It's amazing how it's just... The most natural cleanse and best for you. Um, I'm also very, very careful about my caffeine consumption. Uh, today, Today's a rare day that I got a second Starbucks as a pick-me-up with iced tea, but I don't drink coffee. The only soft drinks I ever have are Sprite. I just, I haven't consumed caffeine in regular mass quantities like many people do for well over 20 years now. Well,
0: Don, that's, <laughs> I try to assume away from coffee too, but this is, podcast is called Converge Podcast, <laughs> which is all right. We're converging when we're damage. let's just put that one. Converge decaf. Yeah, there you go. Decaf. <laughs> Let it run <laughs> So, Don, it's been a pleasure learning about PEO programs, learning about your background and where you've come from both professionally and personally, um, and I just thoroughly enjoyed this episode for you being on here and talking about um, the experience of a PEO program, of what you bring to the table with full staff. So thank you very much.
1: Thank you so much, Sean.